Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 599. Going to recap the week 18 in fab. Going to talk about some, not all of the trades because there's other shows for that. And we're actually recording in the middle of when uh, Tuesday where there's going to be probably 70 more trades to go. So we'll get all that for you. But we're going to talk about some playing time situations based on injuries and some of the trades. We're going to talk about fab as usual. And, of course, we're going to hear about the king. At least he was the king and going to be the king again sometime and see how things are going with him because we were talking off air and I'd rather uh. save it for the air. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTrick and the king I'm referring to you can find on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. Mike Curlin, how we doing, my friend? We've seen better days over here, Boba. We've seen better days. Oh, it's just like life is exhausting right now. Um, I just actually, no one cares, but I picked up my son yesterday from South Florida, so... I do it. What usually is about when I do do it one day, it's roughly seven and a half, eight hours of driving. I'm used to it by now. Turned into like an 11 plus hour drive because of traffic, and I was exhausted coming off shift. So I actually pulled over and took a nap for the first time ever during this ride. It was just terrible. The terrible weather caused stop and go on. It was a it's been, so I'm tased, like I'm recovering, and I'm like, and but there's so much to keep up with with the baseball side of things, and and then my of course the stuff that people might care about a little bit. My league isn't going as exactly as planned right now. I'm I'm slipping in the standings a little bit. I it's one of those things I take it one step forward, three steps back right now hopefully that this final two month stretch i like my i still like my team a lot still believe in it plenty it's just a matter of will they come through for me because at the end of the day i put my best foot forward and i can't control the outcome like i can you know you go control the outcome so much i should say so yeah. there's just a lot going on but other than that everything's good man life's good 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 and, and kind of like what we were talking about or you were mentioning there we were talking about off the air of um you know, you're slipping a bit. I said I have some teams that they're still in first place in their leagues pretty handily, mm-hmm. but they're slipping in the overall. They've gone from like 30th overall to like 112 in like two weeks. It's it's crazy. So, A, a couple takeaways. It's showing there's a lot of fluctuation and closeness in overall standings. And, B, I wanted to bring it back to one of your tweets you had on Tuesday about like the top 10 Woba players in, in the month. And we've seen other guys tweet out different July things. But like, like I highlighted four of the guys were free agents at least at the beginning of the month, if not in the middle of the month. So the proof is there's still two months of baseball where you can move up and down the standings pretty handily if you stick to the grind. That's the hard part because you said you're tired. I know I'm tired. A lot of people are tired. It's a long fr- – we say it all the time. Everybody says it. It's a freaking grind. It's a long season, and football's coming into play. 
So if you stick to it, though, there are avenues to uh, to gain some momentum if needed. If I could gain 50 points, overall points, rest of season, that's what, eight weeks, so about 400 points. That Those 400 points, if I can gain 50 points a week, that would put me at 66, 67-ish hundred. Let's see where that would put me in the overall. And that's 50 points a week is actually because I, I fluctuate. I think I dropped 80 yesterday just by not having anyone really playing. Between injuries, between people just sitting, like Nolan Jones got an extra day off, but I still started him, stuff like that. I just dropped 85 points yesterday. So if I gain 50 points a week, rest of season, including this week, that's what we have nine weeks, including this week, or yeah. like eight weeks, eight weeks, including this week. It should be eight weeks, including this week, because it's, it's so, the last week of September is the last week of baseball. Yeah. So eight weeks. So 50 points a week. Like I said, that's 400 because I can do math, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that puts 50. me, that puts, that'll put me top eight, top seven, top eight in the overall. Win, win it all, but it would be a nice big bonus compared to me being like 17th or 18th in the overall. Just goes to show yeah. you that, like, so, it's so you, I, I obviously I always want to think big picture, but that's why you got to play scoring period to scoring period. And that's why this one, Bingo. I hate that I set, I think I set myself up for a little more failure than I should have for the scoring period because it's too late in the season to be risking taking zeros right now and stuff. And I, I put myself at a really big risk of possibly taking a zero. If Nolan Jones misses time or something, I might not have a replacement. So um, I, was I made that. I was going to ask you what you did with him because I sat him pretty Once I saw he was not in Monday's lineup, you might not have had options. I get it. I, that might have been a thing. I but played I the risky him. game. I played the risky game of starting him most places, but especially in my main because I first off it's a core series. Even if he only plays two of three, I thought maybe there was a chance to pinch hit. Still could be great. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm tar- I, I If it really was cramps, I do expect two of three, which is kind of the big thing here. Two games in cores versus three games from a streaming streamer, depending on who was available. But for me, I, the, part of the issue was is um I got a little greedy with my stashes, and I have four guys on IL on my bench, which are which is causing bit of an issue and i probably should have thought about strongly about dropping one of them but like i have mullins nearing a return i have woodruff finally nearing a return which that was a terrible idea to stash him we can talk about that as a whole too stashing him was not a smart move even though well, my, even with my, my team why, why because it was we were hoping for maybe like an early mid-july to, it took so long or what 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 was the reason why it was a bad stash? Because now he's coming back so we can't even think about that anymore <laughs> no it was it was because it because it was prolonged into well, I mean, if I'm I'm lucky, I'll be lucky to get six weeks. So what is that? Seven, eight starts if I'm lucky. Yeah. Now, if he comes back and is absolutely electric and elite and the A set he was drafted to be, then it, it could be worth it. But it was one of those things where it's hard to justify holding on to that spot, not utilizing that rush spot to turn and burn and maybe landing on something else this whole time. Because now I'm banking on him being, I'm banking on Woodruff being Woodruff rest of season, which is far from a guarantee coming off an injury, especially when that's kept him out this long. With that said, my team being in the position it's been, I always was able to, I never had to really think about using, I think the reason why I'm starting to have that regret is because like right now where it's like, it's crunch time and I've set myself up looking forward a little too much, at least again, for one week this week, I'm, I'm hoping to get through without with minimal damage and losing points. Or if I'm lucky to make gain some ground, that'd be great. But uh, I set myself up poorly this week for the first time in a while. So I, I, I must let my guard down. I, I maybe I overthought it or, or under underthought it, realizing that we only have, you know, we have less than 10 weeks left. And every storm period is amplified right now, in my opinion, especially when you're chasing the overall. And I kind of I kind of dropped the ball here. And I'm just so I'm thinking maybe like that's again, I'm happy to have him now because he's what a couple weeks, maybe two, maybe two more rehab starts away. Yep. But it's one of those things where it's like maybe I'm projecting my thoughts of coming up short this week onto like how I managed him all year. Cause it, it was very team specific holding on to him for me with, with where I've been all year with pitching and having the solid options on my bench and kind of playing the whole three reliever some weeks and stuff. I was able to maneuver it just fine, but 
maybe it's not him. Maybe it's other guys. Like maybe Royce Lewis, I shouldn't have held on to this whole time. But middle infield's so bad in my league that like I lost and I lost India. So maybe I want to hold on to Lewis again because now I have India that's hurt and India was playing hurt, which makes sense why he sucks so bad. So I don't know. I, it, Lewis was really the bad hold at this point. Like I was fine holding him, but I should have probably dropped him last week when it got a little bit got to a little bit of roster crunch. And this week I definitely probably should have. It's just hard because like I know if I drop him, I won't be able to afford to get him back for one. But two, he's probably gonna be back in two weeks. So it's like. Is dropping him for two weeks really worth it for a guy like I don't know Bryce Terrain just because I know Terrain's not getting me zeros? Like that's the type of guys I'm looking at too. So it's part of like, yep. like it's not like stories out there for me to stash and hold. But story will be, when story comes back, do I try to make that swap? Probably. But do I have the money to get story? Probably not. So it becomes an issue of like, do I stream to guarantee these play appearances that could be almost negative production if at, at, like depending on who I get, or do I hold on to Lewis knowing what he could be? Comes back, plays five out of six, five out of seven every week. But has the potential to be difference making down the stretch. So I'm trying. It's, I'm having a hard time justifying making these moves, and I don't know if it's that's part of that's adding up again. But my team as a whole has just been kind of slack. Outside of McCormick, outside of uh, Matthew, who I added last week, which was a solid week, my team's just been kind of lackluster on offense. So and but so it's like I'm kind of losing. I'm losing more points on offense than I'm gaining in pitching, even though I'm gaining some points in pitching right now. So it's one of those things where it's like I've lost. I think a total of like. 400 points since the all-star break and it's just been a, but it's been a slow steady like like a slow bleed man it's just been aggravating but anyway enough i had to get that off my chest it's been i haven't been on the show and you know i've been intermittent that's why, that's why i was letting you have so. the floor man i've been it's been intermittent it's just our schedules haven't lined up which yeah. is unfortunate because i really enjoy this show every week and it gives me a chance to get this off my chest but it's one of those things where it's like i'm doing I, I, i'm questioning my moves now because obviously something's not working so i'm questioning my strategy so I'm, i i gotta kind of put it out there just because if somebody a might maybe somebody will comment on the show and say hey you know this was what i think and maybe it'll just spring a thought but it's like right now something like something's not working right now i'm trying to figure out what it is or is it just a matter of be patient through this week reassess and get that final get those final seven weeks really like be really strong down the stretch those final seven weeks seven weeks is still plenty of time to make up points oh, yeah. it's just one of those things where i really think every scoring every 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 scoring period matters in fbc right now and i'm not attacking it the best way i can so yeah. it's, i got i got i got to hurry up and fix that and not get not get lazy luckily i don't do a whole lot of football stuff very minimal and most of it's just for my own fun so i should be fine i just i, I think it's just one of those things where life's been really busy and maybe it's just an excuse I, maybe i've just been lazy i don't know it's not like me no. though. it's not like me i've been, I've been crushing i've been i've been crushing it all year so it's not like i'm i'm right i'm still ready i'm still good i'm still full baseball mode i'm still in the mood for the game that's the thing so i don't know why i'm not it's it's performance anxiety maybe yes yeah. yeah that's all it is it's all good it's uh it's part of the grind we have our ups and our downs like before i, I mentioned this recent fall for the overalls my teams were just like like climbing like crazy up the overalls so you can have good and bad weeks and that's kind of the point of the conversation like jazz chisholm just came back on monday you mentioned said mullins hopefully this weekend thyro strata starting a rehab assignment on tuesday he's expected back this weekend you got max freed coming back nestor cortez is around the corner you mentioned woodruff there are some big names coming back so if guys were stashing you're, you're going to get, re- hopefully, hopefully get rewarded shortly. Uh, if they're available on the wire, they might be available. Otherwise, you know, it is what it is. But there are some, hopefully, I'd say, um, resources coming to your teams if you're you're doing that. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You mentioned Thyroshada. I think that's a very interesting situation because you have Wilma Flores. But I can already finish that sentence for you right now. He'll play first base full-time because Lamont Wade's all banged up. No, that's fine. But I was I was also getting the fact that you also have um and somebody that I'm not even that high on, but I and we'll talk about because I did get him in Fab, but like Marco Luciano's yeah. playing in the infield spots. I know Brandon Crawford's still in the mix, but he's not what he used to be. It's just a very crowded situation for a situation that shouldn't be so crowded. And I'm just curious 
Like I know Flores as long here's the thing, Flores will play as long as he's hitting, but the second he stops hitting righties, mm-hmm. he's gonna go back to platooning. It's that simple. So we know that like that could just figure itself out over the next week or so. But it's just one of those things where I'm looking at this team and like Casey Schmidt's still factoring against lefties. Yeah, he's playing horrible. And though. yeah, he's he's been awful. So I'm just it's one of those things where like Luciano does he get does his run end this weekend when Thyro Estrada returns? I, I think it could. What I would do personally, I'd have Casey Schmidt's run end for a bit give marco a little longer of a, a shot here um but we'll see how that plays out because you can put wilmer flores over to second base let luciano and crawford do their thing uh or, or actually thyro would play second base that's the whole point of the conversation mm-hmm. um but you could have um flores play first base or dh that's uh, definitely an option because they're losing bodies just Stremsky just went back to the il wait yep. like i said it's banged up um they traded for aj pollock so they still have him on the il um there's so many stupid things the giants are doing <laughs> so um yeah, retooling as always, just always retooling. It's it's re, <laughs> it's, re, it's it's refrustrating every time, but um, yeah, I, I think Luciano gets a little bit of a shot here. Otherwise, there was no point in calling him up to begin with, and uh, Schmidt might be the odd man out here. Like every time I want to give up on JD Davis, he like puts together like a two week stretch. We're like, okay, that's the JD Davis we know. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like, and then he does, and like I was there Saturday when he hit the walk off on the first pitch. I'm like, okay, there's JD Davis. Where the heck has that been for a while? But um, yeah, Flores is good to go. I'd ride that until the wheels fall off. Gotcha. Yeah, I just thought I'd ask because you're the like, as as plugged in as I am into playing time. People tend to have a better, you know, someone who follows well, the team as close teams, as you do. 100%. Yeah, I, I usually I usually don't I usually defer to that. Like again, I can I can tell you what I'm seeing, but I can't speak to the feel of the team because I don't watch them or monitor them as closely as someone like you or George, etc. You know, so for sure. All right, let's do some news and notes and some playing time discussions here before we recap Fab for the week. Again, tons of other trade shows. I'll be doing a trade show with Bloomfield on Tuesday night if you guys want to talk about that. But I just want to see all the dust settle before we overreact because one move might lead to the team making another move and everything we talked about is pointless right now. So uh, let's stick to our plan here. Jonah Heim. This one's near and dear to my heart because Jonah Heim was my most rostered player out of draft season. Jonah Heim is having an amazing season. And Jonah Heim has a massive tendon issue in his wrist that perfect world, four to six weeks. I am realistic and thinking they'll be lucky to have him by the playoffs because they're going to let it like rest and he still might need surgery after the rest. It's not a good deal. And I dropped him. We'll talk about that in ad drops. The biggest reason is it's a wrist injury. So even if he comes back to catch, which is dicey to begin with, how's his hitting going to be? Like this is a nasty deal. Um, So regardless, ad drop, whatever with Heim, playing time-wise, it points to Garver, but what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, right now you're actually getting playing time out of Sam Huff and Garver of late. Uh, Sam Huff started two straight. Garver has started five straight, so that shows you He's kind de-aging. of who. Yeah, those. I think Garver is going to get the most out of this, though, and Garver is hitting a lot better than Sam Huff. Huff really is kind of. He sent that, that epitome of boom or bust of he's going to hit you a home run or he's not going to hit you at all. And over the last five games, he has 11 plate appearances, one home run, and that's his only hit. So, <laughs> season, by the way, what happened? That's his only hit the entire season. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. He's got two singles. But since, yeah, since getting recalled on the 22nd, one hit. Yeah. For home. You're right. Yeah. That was so like, that's why it's kind of who he is. Like, he can hit like, on a hot stretch, he could do full Joey Gallo and hit like 250. 275 well with like he just was hitting almost home, 300 just a home run away. holy shit yeah well he's also i think a little bit old for the for the level True. two is part of it so but uh one of the things with huff is that he has lost swing and missing his game huff is gonna he'll provide power in bunches but 
I just don't know how I could see them. This is a team that by the time we're done recording could easily trade for a catcher. Like a Yasmani Grandal would be a great fit for them type of thing. I mean, they're already all in. Grandal kind of fits that, you know, I know he's older, but at least it fits a need and probably a better bat than both these guys, I would argue. But at the end of the day, um, I think it's Garver gets the biggest bump. And if you're like in an AL only, like Sam Huff is not even a C2 guy for me yet, but he is a guy that AL only, at least he's getting you plate appearances for the time being. But Garver's the big, big winner here, hitting 300 over the last two weeks with a home run. Six combined runs in RBIs, nothing special there. But at least, again, something he is a C2, at least for me moving forward. Okay. Mitch Garver. Yeah. I do I like Garver. Uh, we'll talk about him in, in ad drops, but yeah, played much better. He's going to pretty much play every day via DH or catcher. So I'm with you on that one. And if you look at 12s right now, Garver's only 40% rostered. So you got that going for you. Hungjin Ryu, he's going to return uh, on Tuesday, the day we are recording this. Not sure when you're listening to it uh, and make his first start of the season. He's missed over a year due to his obvious major uh, injury, Tommy John surgery and whatnot. Um, I believe it was Tommy John. He's had his shoulder. But he's out for over a year. Uh, he's going to return to the Diamond and face the Orioles. What I have for you now is how do we assess this uh, rotation? You got Gossman, Manoa, who's you know, Barrios, Bassett, Kikuchi's been pretty good. You slide Ryu in there. So it's six guys. Do they go six man, do you think? Do they get rid of Manoa? How do you how do you play this out if you're rostering these pitchers? Um <laughs> I think it's it's almost going to be a wait-and-see approach because if Ryu comes back and isn't – he's like a shell of his former self, that might just fix itself. Maybe they go six-man for a time being just to give Gossman a few extra – Gossman's, you know, that's their ace. They want to give him some extra rest. You know, he's he looked great in his last outing, but coming off the – what was it, like a potential oblique or whatever it was, like, that, like a side issue that he missed the start off of. So I could see them maybe playing around with the six-man rotation idea for a few weeks just to see what happens. But I do think it's going to ultimately come down – to Ryu or Manoa, I don't think Manoa is suddenly safe. He has outside the Detroit start, he hasn't looked all that sharp. I know he looked a little better in his last outing, but still, Manoa is just walking to many players and isn't. He's not returning to form as as many would hope at this point. So, I, I think it's going to be between those two. But it could be as simple as like Ryu comes out, looks awful, velocities down across the board, gets smacked around, and that could be it. Maybe they start. Maybe they start giving Manoa an opener. Let Manoa only go That's like three or four innings. Yeah. And maybe, or they maybe let Manoa piggyback with somebody else, but I don't think it's weird because you know, starters have routines, they know how to get started with going to games, they kind of have their pregame warm up stuff to suddenly throw a guy behind an opener can throw off a routine. Some players flourish in that role, but a lot of pitchers I feel like need a chance to adapt because that's not something they've ever done their whole lives. Suddenly, like, hey, this is what you're doing, but it's so, and that's even even behind an opener, it doesn't make them. It still puts him in the rotation. So I could see them easily putting Manoa back down if they want to get him a few reps in the minors, see if they can figure him out some more. Cause obviously he doesn't seem fully fixed. But at the end of the day, I think that like those are the two that's like I'm torn on which one might it's one like I don't think both of them are gonna be in the rotation for long, if at if at all. If they end up sending one down, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a, it's a tricky situation. Ryu's not even rostered in 12 because he wasn't drafted. So on NFPC formats, yeah, you have to wait till see how the start goes. Like on my DFS show, I said I love Ryu if he was healthy, but I'm not pitching him today because I want to see a first start back after a year facing the Orioles. It could get ugly. But uh, a lot of teams are talking six-man rotations right now at the trade deadline. We always know how that goes. Usually someone gets hurt. We're back to five before you know it. Life goes on. But the Astros are a team discussing a six-man rotation, and it actually makes sense for them. you got Framber Valdez, who has struggled the last couple starts. Christian Javier, he's getting pushed back again this week for an extra day's rest like he got last week, and he pitched very well off of it. They want to kind of keep that for Javier. you got Hunter Brown, whose innings are going to get – close pretty soon jp francis pitched well 
Jose Urquidy is coming off a three-month IL stint this week. These guys could use extra day. They might trade for Verlander still, who, you know, he's getting old and long in the tooth. He could probably use an extra day. Six-man makes sense in Houston, all things considered. But uh, what I was going to ask you is, if they go six-man, how does it make you feel about guys like, you know, Jose Urquidy coming off the IL, JP France, uh, some of these other kind of fringy guys? Because Framber's Framber. People love Hunter Brown. There's no doubt about that. But how are you as, like, even Christian Javier? We'll throw him into the mix. He's been really rough this year. I kind of would turn, especially with the more fringe guys, I'm suddenly going to be less interested in uh, making, like, none of them are going to be must starts anymore because it, it would obviously Framber, I should say Framber probably is, and most likely Hunter Brown is too. But when it come, you can't just, start, like, you're going to be looking at them as one star guys versus the two star guys. Like, do you have Brian Bay? Brian Bay is too good of an option, but do you have a, I don't know, like, is Kikuchi have like two great matchups or Christian Javier's one? And you're already kind of making that decision weekly as it is, but it makes them, but now there's no, there's no week. It's like, okay, here's just two start week. I'm plugging them in saying I'm forgetting them. It becomes a thing where these guys become fluent roster, like ro- uh, rotation pieces for your bench slash, you know, back into your rotation, depending on the league size. And in shallow formats, if you can't give me a two start week out JP France, I have a hard time forcing him in there unless it's a really good one start week, but he's still a bench streamer more, more than likely for you. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know. I just, they kind of, like they, they never, like outside of Framber and like I said, Brown, probably it's like none of them are ever set and forget at that point. They just become bench streamers for me. Yeah. It feels like the angels who are like the only team that stuck with six man all year. So uh, most of those guys, even like Griffin Canyon, you look at him like, yeah, it's, he's, he gets added and dropped all the times in 12s. Cause it's just, you can't hold on to guys like that. So I'm, I'm curious to see how Houston will play that one forward. We will discuss a little bit of uh, trade situation here. The Angels have been active, but I want to talk C.J. Cronin, Randall Grichik coming over from Colorado. Uh, Grichik already hit a home run on Monday in his first start with the Angels. He's playing in the outfield. Cronin obviously playing first base. Um, who does this hurt in Anaheim when we're looking at the Crone-Randall uh, Grichik situation? Crone, Randall Grichik. This whole situation is so much going on over there. It's I'm still obviously waiting, but like last night, for instance, I'll pull up the – the lineup but obviously i think crone's just fine he and he started against a righty right away because you know crone has those splits so you would have thought maybe a chance for splits but grichuk slotted right there into a against a righty as well ward being out there's an opening right there now when trout returns that'll that's gonna be when it's interesting i think moniac's gonna stay i don't think i think moniac might lose his full-time at bats i can see moniac getting back into a, a platoon when trout returns because they have to have i don't think they're gonna suddenly just put Grichik to the bench or Renfro to the bench. If nothing else, both those guys, like they, I know they have room for them right now, but how long does Crone has played first base now? So like Renfro won't be able to play a ton of first base and they don't have the, you know, so they can really go platoon heavy. Um, Mustakis can easily lose playing time as well. And that's the thing, right? Right now there's a spot for all of them, but how long is Rangifo going to hold on to this thing? And it's, I don't honestly know what to expect. A lot, I, I can't wait. I'm curious to see what happens when Trout returns. And then on top of that, they have Jury returning too. Yeah. So I can see them like just because they're in such a win now mode, they can easily say, screw it. If you're a lefty, you're getting the righties. If you're a righty, you're getting the lefties. Yep. So like Drury can be screwed out of a full-time play, a full-time spot, especially and they might just run with hot hands. Like Mustakis is hitting well, right? So yes. why would Mustakis suddenly hit the bench for Drury who returns? So it's one of those things where it's like I can see Drury, I, I can see them just kind of riding the hot hand and making it work. For instance, I can go back to splits. Moniac's hitting 152 against righties this year, or lefties this year, excuse me, with a two. Yes, there's a single digit number two WRC plus and a OPS of 382 against lefties. So Moniac's not, like, more than likely not sticking against lefties moving forward. Whereas I know Gritchick can handle lefties. So that can easily be a platoon in the making. So right now, 
ride these guys out while they have a playing time. But there's a lot of changes coming their way, especially as Jury and Trout return. And then Rendon, who knows if he's going to return, but Rendon would just add another wrinkle to the mix. But you already saw Trey Cabbage get get nixed. Uh, Neto's back. Neto's going to play every day. Escobar's probably most likely back into a week's side platoon already. And um, outside of Otani, Trout when he returns, and Neto, I don't see a whole lot of full-time guys. And Rangifo has it right now while he's playing well and deserving the playing time. I don't. We also know how Rangifo, if you look at his past uh, split issues, he hasn't been great against righties over his career. So does Rangifo, once he slows down, he probably ends up right back into a platoon against lefties more than righties. And right now, they have they haven't faced they've been facing a ton of righties. But um, right now on the year, Rangifo still has a 8.96 OPS against lefties with a 144 WRC plus compared to a 6.49 OPS and an 80 WRC plus against righties. Just to give you an idea of Rangifo's splits, that's just this year his career very similar idea of very very noticeable uh, issues. That was part of why I faded him into this year in general because I didn't trust the playing time and. The, or the production against righties to be there. So Rangifo, I just think it's more of a hot streak. I wouldn't get my hopes up on his playing time moving forward. It's like, again, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things to consider, but I can see this team going very platoon heavy with a very with very few players getting everyday at-bats once it's this team's fully healthy again, which is going to be soon. Very soon, because Trout started taking swings. He'll start taking BP soon. Um, Drury. Drury's supposed to be coming back this week, I think. Well, that's yeah. what I heard. Like and, any day. So... They're going to turn full Tampa Bay Rays on us. I could, see, like. I could see this being a Tampa Bay Rays slash Giants yeah. situation where hot hands will stick, but for the most part, it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty platoon heavy. We'll, I be, just stre- don't know. we'll be streaming guys off the wires. I'm curious about Renfro. Renfro is kind of the fringe option of like, I could see him staying every day just because he's such a solid defender, solid all around player. So I, I could see him sticking in the outfield because, uh, and Trout's going to need frequent days off and all that too, which will help his playing time. But yeah. it's one of those things where, I see three, maybe four bats full time for this lineup moving forward. Once everyone's back and healthy, which again, next two three weeks, this is going to suddenly be a real big cramp. So pay attention, or just you know follow the Patreon, and I'll keep you up to date. There you go. There you go. Uh, real quick, let's just talk to the Rocky side of this one because it opens up interesting situations. Like Michael Tugley is a popular name. Elias from Montero has been up and down. This might keep him up for a while. Britton Doyle is a guy. Uh, Brendan Rogers just came back. That's big. Uh, if you're a believer in that. It probably helps Nolan Jones stay even more locked in to what we love. Um, who do you think are some of the bigger benefactors here? Because, man, when you look at this roster resource page, it's disgusting, especially on the bench. So you mentioned it, Brenton Doyle's like he was already getting mostly regular playing time, but this just probably secures his playing time. Like there's not going to be any more random days off type of thing. It's probably going to be as secure as it's ever been, which is again, it's been very strong lately. Uh, Crone and Gritchuk being out that op- obviously opens the door for uh, Nolan Jones to get regular playing time. He shouldn't platoon as heavily. Toglia has already saw seen his playing time increase, playing five of six, including um, a start against. No, oh, he sat against the last lefty, but he started against two of the last five that they faced overall. Um, Mon- Elias Montero, I think he's just going to return to a platoon role. He was already he was kind of in one before. Uh, Jones kind of his day to day, and Blackman's coming back soon, so that could change. Well, that. Blackman's, I saw news right before we started something about his like he's actually not starting his rehab assignment tonight, like he was expected to. So oh, I don't wow. know if there was a setback or something. So, that, but that's the thing. I was gonna, I was gonna bring up Blackman, so I saw that. So I saw Black, yeah. So Blackman, he's gonna eventually, but I can see them, for instance, like Profar. If they they might be able to deal Profar before the day's over. True. And then there's another spot that's open. So it's one of those things where, if whoever's getting playing time right now outside of Montero, I think we'll keep it. Like, I think Toglia is gonna hold it for a little bit. Chris Bryant's still not nearing a return type of thing. So like, it's just one of those things where, like, even Harold Castro, 
is going to get yeah. playing time right now. And he's been, oh, he's always been a strong side platoon guy for the most part, but I think it's just more secured now. So it's, uh, but yeah, the biggest winners are probably Toglia. Obviously, Brandon Rogers is going to play as much as he can handle. And maybe Coco Montez gets back into the mix. I know they just called him back up, but he's, he's, he was platoon initially when he got called up the first time. Probably falls right back into a platoon again, but just a name to kind of know in case there's another injury or trade. Coco Montez has flashed power speed in the minors. And even at the major league level, he just struck out too much. And, couldn't be consistent, but yeah, it's uh, I think Toglia is like the, you, you mentioned him as like the name. And I mentioned like three or four times because it's kind of the obvious name that's poking out right now that he's playing every day. He's batted six last two games against righties. And so he's moving into a better spot in the lineup and he should have more secure playing time, especially as long as first base is available and outfield, which there's plenty of both. So Nolan Jones should be back, though, could probably bump him down a spot or two, but we'll see. What are your thoughts on Brendan Rodgers coming back from the IL? Is going to basically be locked into the middle of that order, which is weird. No speed. He's never stolen a base in the bigs, but he's got like maybe 10 to 15 home run type power. Uh, he's only got two months of the season left, so who knows what he brings to that table. But um, he's only 2% rostered in 12s, probably similar in 15s. So what are your thoughts on Brendan Rodgers? He's just like right now I mentioned how I need middle infield help probably a guy to go after probably shouldn't be too expensive either. Cause again, you mentioned it's very, very mediocre projections. This is where I, this is where this is the type of guy I would kind of just look at the projections for. He's projected for anywhere from four to six home runs, which is not, not, not bad, just nothing special. And, but the batting average is actually a bonus. So if you buy to the projections, like most of them, I think 279 is look from steamer is the lowest projection rest of season for him. If you buy into the projections being realistic, even though he hasn't hit over 266, well, so, I lied. <laughs> He's only hit over 266 once. That was 2021. So I can't really, it's like, oh, one season of hitting under 280. But the projections seem a little bullish on the batting average. I could see him being, even if he was closer to a 260, 270 hitter, which is very solid, I think he would be kind of like a 15 team middle infield, like plug plug for now. Like if you're hurting, like if you lost India, if you if you had Jordan Westberg, who's not really playing or doing well, if you're waiting on Royce Lewis to return, I'm speaking from experience here. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just the right now it's just really crazy. Like that's kind of where middle infield is for deeper formats. So if you like if you didn't get Michael Massey, if you didn't get like even um, what's his face Monasterio from from like, who's playing decently, but I feel like he's in that conversation with Monasterio where it's like. These guys are playing. If they're going to hit, great. Let's just, and they're just playing every day. Just get them in there. Give me my play appearances. That's where I see Rodgers in that middle infield mixed 15-teamers. I don't see him as being 12-team relevant just yet. All right. Let's head to Minnesota. You mentioned Royce Lewis. Let's talk about another teammate that can't stay healthy, Alex Kirilov. It's not the wrist this time, and he was swinging it good yet again. This is a tradition unlike any other. Uh, now it's a shoulder injury, which they're hoping they caught early. We'll see. Um, so he's going to be out of the IEL for how long? We're not sure. But it probably locks Matt Walner into regular playing time is the way I see it. But how do you assess this Kirilov situation uh, to maybe benefit us in fantasy? So Walner just – I mean, he started against a lefty yesterday. So he's already a step in the right direction. Don't know if that's going to hold. But – and we could see them add – I'd be surprised if they added another outfielder because they seem to – they have so much depth that there's rumors about Larnick being traded from this team. But uh, Willie Castro's a bigger winner now. Like he was already playing every day, but like you know how his playing time has been up and down, up and down all year. This kind of just secures more playing time. Even uh, not that again, not that he needed the security necessarily, but he's just been a guy that's been so in and out of this lineup that they're losing, they're 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 losing other options to keep him out of the lineup, even if he goes through a cold spell type of thing. So I think Willie Castro gets more security. Max Kepler, he's been playing mostly every day, and that's probably going to hold up. I know he sat yesterday against the lefty, which is why Walner got in. But I could I don't see that being the case too often because Max Kepler's actually been playing against lefties compar- comparatively so, t- um, but to uh, 
to Walner. So I could see, I, I don't think Walner's going to gain much playing time against lefties, but I think Walner's just more secure now in the outfield for sure. But when Royce Lewis returns, I wonder how that's going to factor because I think people, I, I saw someone mention that Royce Lewis won't play the outfield, but pretty sure he, Lewis not only can play the outfield, but did in the minors this year before playing third base and coming up as a yeah. third base. Well, he here. played the outfield last year until he messed his knee up by going into and the wall on a catch. They're probably afraid of that happening again, honestly, but yeah. where else are they going to play him? Unless they shut down Polanco, unless Polanco gets hurt again, and that's it's the opening. All, but. And Polanco can play first base and you move Jelly Gallo back to the outfield. There's Plonko, that. I, I didn't realize Plonko's I didn't, done that before. I didn't realize Plunk will play first base. You would think I would know yeah. that, but no. Him and, him and Luis Arise have had some first base. I remember Arise. Because uh, I'm pretty sure Polanco did at some point last year. He plays third base, so he can play first base. I wish As Julian, because Julian's awful at second. Maybe Julian can learn first base on the fly. I feel like that'd be so, such a good Or Julian form. learns the outfield, one of the two. Or Julian just, yeah. To, or Buxton can stay healthy and play the outfield like he should. No, let's not be silly now, Kerwin. Let's not be silly. That's not an option. You know, it, it'll all work itself out because these twins, as much as they're fun for fantasy, they're all so just ready for the next IL stint. So just like yeah. let it play out. Someone's gonna get hurt. The door will open for for a spot for Royce Lewis. Yeah, but right now Walner's the guy that, and I guess Michael A. Taylor technically can start getting a little more playing time because now he becomes the next man up in that outfield and can easily slot into center field as needed or consistently moving forward. So we'll see what happens there, but. uh Taylor's been a strict weak side platoon bat for a while now, so I don't see him suddenly getting full-time run again. Yeah. But you never know. So, yeah, but I, just, yeah, at this point, it's Matt Walner kind of just. Matt Walner is Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo is Matt yes. Walner. So yes. there's that. Einhardt is Finkel. Um, yep. the, the Texas <laughs> Rangers have been quite aggressive at the trade deadline, which has been great to see. So we're going to highlight their starting rotation now. That consists of Scherzer, Montgomery, Dane Dunning, Martin Perez, Andrew Heaney, John Gray, and Nady Evaldi's on the IL for who knows how long because he's got a flexor strain that's healthy-ish. <laughs> so we'll see how that works. But for now, it's a six-man rotation. Even before Evaldi went on the IL, they've been talking, like Bochi and the, the team were talking about giving starters some days off and extra rest. They kind of want to use a six-man rotation right now. Um, this is a better six-man rotation than the one we talked about previously. Um, well, maybe not. It's pretty close to the Astros. Let's put it that way. It's maybe more top heavy than the Astros is. So how are you assessing this? If you roster, you know, you're going to play Scherzer, you're going to play Montgomery, of course, but your Dunnings, your Perez, your Heaney, your John Gray, who's been horrible since his blister situation. How are you rostering these players now? Well, outside of, you mentioned the top names here, Montgomery and Scherzer, I'm probably looking to move on from like a guy like Dunning, Martin Perez, definitely. Heaney is so inconsistent. And John Gray, as you mentioned, hasn't been the same guy. Is since. John Gray droppable? In 12s, more than 15s. I know I haven't really followed how bad. I know he's been iffy because every time I catch him on my re, my recaps, I'm like, he just had another meh outing. Like, okay, like six earned runs. Last outing was awful. But the one before that was like no one runs, but only four innings. But then the, for that four and runs over six, three over six, five. Over, so it's been a lot more bad than good to a point where it's like, if he's only getting one, if he's never going to give you that two start week where you can kind of at least get the strikeouts, I can see him being droppable in 12. 15 is just, it's, it's a whole different animal in 15. You're holding him, you're streaming off your bench for a good matchup, but he's not a must start anymore. And he's not somebody you should start with even much confidence right now until he gets going again. So John Gray is a guy that, as much as I like him and I think that he can be better, I just, it's almost like, um, apparently, I know it's a r- random tangent, but somebody texted me that uh, Braxton Garrett was secretly dealing with a blister injury. And that's why those four starts happened. Bad start. And then last start, that he was better. Like the blister injury was no longer an issue. And he went out and crushed Detroit. How much of that was crushing Detroit? I don't know. But it's one of those things where you don't always get all the news. And, but 
but it shows you how blisters can affect even the pitches pitchers on the hottest of runs, including Braxton Garrett type. So um, it was just a random tidbit I thought I threw out there because it, it pissed me off that they never say anything. I kept starting and taking the beating out of yep. Braxton from Braxton Garrett. But yeah, so John John Gray though getting back to, getting back on point because you know I'm so awful at that. Uh, John Gray just goes back to he's okay, he's serviceable, he's a straight bench still, streamer. He's still 99% rostered in 12. That's why it's it's interesting. I, I, I know, I, I, know get I, it. I have a few shares and I've been I've just been sitting him. He's on my bench. I'm hoping he figures it out, but it's tough. Yeah. Okay, so who's available on the waiver wire though? That's the thing. It's like That's who true. are you dropping him for? Don't just drop them to drop them, but like if you need, if there's somebody with upside there, or if you need a certain stat, say, and say, say you're doing great in pitching, you need hitting, do you drop John Gray to get a, a hitter to help stream to get you stats? That that's what that's why I want to have this conversation. If, so if I'm think, so, people think that way. It doesn't have to go pitcher for pitcher. It can go pitcher for hitter. Well, if if I'm chasing, how about this? Well, well, doesn't it can be for pitcher? But if you're chasing saves, if you're chasing K's, if you're chasing, you if, you're, if, you're, yeah. if you're chasing anything but wins, because this guy obviously you want to stream him for wins potential, right? But now that he's not going to get two start weeks, or to be like, he needs that seven game week to get lucky and hope not to get pushed back on a start to get yep. seven to get two start weeks, but he's going to lack. So you're looking at seven more weeks after this because this week is already locked in, right? You're looking at seven more weeks, and maybe, you're hoping for one. I would say you're hoping for starts. one two start week, and even then, so right now you're not going to be able to get strikeouts from him right so right there that's one category you won't get from john gray you, ratios have been taking a beating so you're not even getting ratio help right now you're not so that's three out of five categories we're talking about standard roto and points leagues he's yep. probably a negative because other than wins which he hasn't gotten a win since yeah, june crushing, 2nd by the way else for sure. he hasn't gotten you a win since june 2nd so he's not even guaranteed to get wins you're just bet- betting on the team context at that point but right now he's he has been getting obviously he's not gonna give you saves hey, which justin so, verlander just got traded to the astros there it is. It was already. Uh, it was in deep talks. I don't see Otani going there. I mean, how's Otani going to go there next year and be like, no. "Yeah, look at this team that they just gutted." <laughs> yeah, sorry, but I just had to say it. Continue where you were on the. John no, I'm just. I'm just looking at John Gray and it's like, the fact that he's not wins aren't even guaranteed considering he's gone one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight wins, straight eight straight games with no wins. Oh, and four over those eight games, by the way. So you're hoping for wins, betting on team context, but overall he's been awful. And now you're not getting those two start weeks to even chase K's. I could easily see you. I guess I'm, it's a long winded way of saying John Gray is droppable if you're chasing a, a category elsewhere. Well, and if let's you, let's clarify this is if they go six man. Maybe they say no, we're going five still. And John Gray, like if if they stay on their five man rotation, Gray pitches um, against the White Sox on Wednesday this week, and then next week against the A's and the Giants. That's pretty dicey. Yeah, that's you, fun. You hold those. You hold yes. That. That's and why, then that's maybe why I yes, yeah. I just want to clarify that we're saying. This is in theory of the six man they've talked about. Like, yeah. So keep that in mind. Yeah, six man. This is this is strictly if they go six man in Texas with John Gray, the way he's been scuffling. But I would definitely hope. But here's the thing: the thing is, though, is John Gray becomes either a bench streamer in twelves because in fifteens you're not dropping him, but in twelves he's a bench streamer. Or we just talked about that three game run. If he comes out of those three games looking awful. Easy, easy cut. So, easy the, cut. so it easy makes the decision. Cut, yeah. But the problem is, is you are going to eat those bad starts because they are really good. All three of those matchups are really oh, strong. Yeah, you're, you're start, you're yeah, you're starting them <laughs> everywhere unless you have God's gift of a rotation. That's so that's the thing. Sure. So that's one of the things where you're probably eating those bad starts in spite of what you're like. You're looking at what he's done and like you you shouldn't start him. You shouldn't start him if you're looking at recent track history, track record. But you don't ignore those bad those. Uh, you don't ignore those matchups. You just don't like. That's a guy that should be start. Like, if you're if you're good enough, like if you're lucky enough to have that good of a rotation, you don't need to start him for a two start week. Then he's the type of guy that if you're not starting him in that two start week, then you really should reassess if you have should have him on your roster. That's that's where you're at. Like you know the like we we kind of scoff at the whole if you can't start him during a two start week, you shouldn't roster him type of thing. That's usually that's usually 
it's usually overblown, but in this scenario, given the, who, these two matchups, yeah, yeah it's, given it's, the matchups and given his name and the value yeah. and what he's done for your team, if you can't start John Gray in those matchups, you shouldn't you roster him because you're, roster. you're never going to you're never going to start him elsewhere. So 100 percent reassess Let's, your roster after, and look at that after thinking about that type of thing. Let's quick hit through these last three years. We get to some fab recapping. Uh, Jordan Hicks goes to Toronto. We know Jordan Romano hit the I.L., and I'm worried it might be longer than the minimum just because this back injury continues to linger. Back injuries pop up a lot. So you got Romano back there. Swanson's still there. Yimmy Garcia has had his moments as well. Um, are you still interested in Hicks being the man for now, or what are your concerns with this situation? I don't know what to expect. I, I, I honestly have no idea. I'm trying to think. Uh, I guess Hicks wasn't there. They no, had a save opportunity. Yeah, yeah they, I was going to say, they just, they just had a save op, and it wasn't – I think it was Yimmy got the last save op. I mean, they went out and got what did they? I thought they did. I swore I saw. Maybe I mis- mislooked at the uh, box score. But either way, it's um, you got to think Hicks factors right into it. He, uh, they went out and got him. But the thing is, as you mentioned, they have three other options, and Nate P- Pearson obviously is not going to factor at this point. But he's still a legitimate option. I would I would argue. But regardless, they have Swanson. They have Yimmy Garcia, who's shown success in that role. I don't know if they suddenly say, you know what, Hicks. You haven't been with our team, but you've shown success with St. Louis for the first time in your career. Let's go ahead and put you in that role in the short term. I think it could be a mix. I think it's one of those things like maybe they go with Yimmy first just to see if he can hold on to it. Do they or they can? I mean, you're not dropping Hicks right now. You should definitely add him and spec on the save ops. But we haven't seen him factor into a save opportunity yet, or how they've treated a save opportunity or two. I want to see them, and I'm just one. I want to see them do it consistently. Like, is it? Yimmy one night, Hicks the next. Is it Hicks, yep. Hicks? It's the second they give somebody back-to-back opportunities. Is it like straight 50-50 where we're just going to be annoyed the whole time? <laughs> that's And either way, you're you're going to – because that team's good enough to go on a run where yeah. they can get a lot they of saves. They can win like 12 in a row for all you know. And, and you can get – like out of those 12 games, six can be saves, and you can get three and three. And that's still those three. Those are still three saves, and Hicks was picked up as a guy that you were hoping to get saves out of. So Hicks is still in that – He's I, don't, I think it's kind of an equal value move with upside for more. So like at the very least, you're probably getting a guy who's going to factor – and then Hicks is argue Hicks arguably be the guy right away, but we just don't know yet. We haven't seen it, so you're not dropping him. And if he's available and you need saves, you definitely target him type of thing for Hicks. But it's just one of those things where I don't really have a real situation yet because they haven't we haven't been in a situation to see what they're going to do. In terms of uh, St. Louis, are you Team Giovanni Gallegos or Team Jojo Romero? Um, Jojo yes. got to save the other night. Yeah, Gallegos <laughs> pitched two innings ahead of that though, so he did his job. I was going to say, I think Gallegos might be in that role. They might just, because yeah. that was the role he was in entering the year. Yep. And then that's, I think that's the role that they want to probably keep him in moving forward. And he'll still get his saves. But if I had to guess, I would think there's a reason why they didn't go. They could have easily gone to Gallegos next man up if they wanted him to be the next man up. They didn't go there. Sure. And, and, and they kept Hicks in that role. Although Hicks earned it, they kept Hicks in that role ahead of Gallegos after giving Gallegos a very short leash initially with it after Helsley went down. So I do think it's going to be Romero more than likely. That's my read on it. But I can easily see Gallegos getting a couple two-inning saves here and there like we've seen him do in the past. A couple minor league demotions here. Taj Bradley got sent back to AAA. It's been brutal. Talked about him on the first pitch pod like over his last like four starts or something. It's like 24 and two-thirds innings, 25 or 26 runs score. Like he's walking. Is, is K to walks 13.7%. When Even when he was struggling before, he had like still like almost a 30% K to walk. So you're like, okay, we can live with that. If you are a Taj Bradley manager, how are you handling the situation? Because this is what I'm worried about a lot of these young pitchers. We're getting to August now. Innings limits, tired, all those type of things are going to start slowly showing up. Yeah, I'm also wondering. They went out and got Savale. Uh, the Rays yep. will probably go out and get one more pitcher before it's said and done, honestly. Yep. They've been in the market for every pitcher they've been linked to. They have the prospects to make it happen, too. 
Uh, they're going to let him work it. I think at this point he's a, he's a drop because I don't think he'll be back up before September. I don't see him going down for one start. And, oh, he figured it out for one start. Let's bring him back up. They that that was they played that game earlier in the year. This year, this was like a hey, we're going to send him down, let him get right, figure out what the hell's going on, and then bring him back up. That's how I'm reading this start because right now they they only have four starters plugged in right now per roster resource. Yeah. But I can easily see them make again. I, I expect another deal. They can platoon there. They can uh, not platoon. They can uh, bullpen a game like they've done in the past plenty of times they, they created it they can yeah. do it <laughs> that's that's kind of the point so it's one of those things where it's like i don't really know what to expect i think they're gonna i think i don't think they're done wheeling and dealing i see the rays going in and making a one more move for another starter that's 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 kind of what i that's my best guess what would happen where's fleming at i know i thought i saw fleming's He's... name is is he I nearing a return yet? I haven't seen any nearing return stuff in any of my reports that I do for first pitch. Yeah. So I if he you is, that's why I asked you. Yeah, if, if he is, I've missed it. I have not seen any. He might be like slowly ramping up throwing, but I haven't heard anything about a uh, near comeback. Let's put it that way. Well, what about oh Zach Littell? I forgot Littell's the name that could slot right he, in. He he, just, he opened the other day. Well, he pitched like a few, didn't, didn't he pitch a few innings? Like he pitched yeah. like multiple innings. Like he pitched he like just... three. He pitched like three maybe four. He started nope. as an opener and he went deep. He, in he just had his first. He just had a start. He did five innings his last oh, wow. outing. He was scheduled as the opener. Apparently, he's not. So there you go. He was five five innings. I remember seeing the name five innings on the thirtieth. Two earned runs against Houston. A very strong start and a guy that could easily be taking over that fifth. You know how they they treat these guys all the same. Fleming, Latell, just no name guys that they pull out of the multi inning role and throw them like. Not that Springs is a fair comp for him, but it's kind of that guy who's like, hey, you're a multi-inning guy who's showing success. Let's put you as a starter and see what happens. Springs obviously being way better and not saying he's not, but it's one of those things where I guess Zach Littell would probably be the man, that fifth man right now if they had to pick a fifth man. He's an interesting streaming target. Just keep an eye on that one. Um, Baltimore Orioles, Taylor Walls got or Wells got sent back to uh, Taylor Wells. Let's get that correct. Well, different, real quick, sorry. Yeah. Fleming Fleming did pitch two and a third innings in Triple A on the twenty eighth, so he's nearing a return too. So they are I, getting. I, I even just depth. I even just searched him. I had no news on him. So that's interesting. I saw. I just happened to see his name the other day because I do for the way you do your. No, I literally um, just searched right now while you're talking on Twitter, and I couldn't funny. find any new news on him. I searched uh, the awful site that is NBCSports.com, <laughs> but it go. was there. They had it. I mean, it's awful to look at, but I do find them useful for that still. Uh, Tyler Wells got sent to Double A because it's closer to Baltimore. To the rumors are, um, he's supposed to be getting like they said he's getting tired. He's already surpassed his innings total from last season, uh, and it's kind of showed he was pitching really well in his last few starts. It's been a struggle bus. So he's going to get the Yuri Perez treatment, it feels like. Like, hey, go rest a little bit. Then we'll kind of ramp you back up to bring you up for the postseason. The Orioles are also rumored to be in on a bunch of starting pitchers on trade. So this will probably be settled by the time this is available to be listened to. That's why I didn't want to go deep into trade stuff. But they got Gibson. They got Bradish. They got Grayson who's pitching really well. They got Dean Kramer. You know, in reality, some of those guys might need some innings concerns as well. Um Taylor Wells, what do you are you just automatic drop? Or are you kind of holding where you can? Because he was very effective before this slight little hiccup. Yeah, but I think I I just I think the thing was is you got what you got out of Wells. I'm okay cutting bait at this point because you don't know when he's coming back up. Is he coming back up? To, is it another guy that we see in a month from now? You don't have time to. He's not elite. And I know he was good, but he's not elite enough to hold on to, in my opinion, at this point because you just don't know how long it's going to be, and. That's funny because he is 28 years old. He's almost 29, and they're treating he's him like seasoned. he's 21. That's why I was surprised when I saw I got the motive for any of them. But the dude's not. He's yeah. been he's been good up until his last three starts. They just hit that wall, and that is 
concerning. I could see that. Like I said, I see, I could see a couple, I see at least two or three weeks, which if, two, if he's two or three weeks away, do you think he suddenly returns to being the guy he was? I know John Means is looking to return like near September, I think, too. Yeah, he's uh, looking to return, have, and they're going to get at least one pitcher, if not two. They have, by the, by they the have Cole the Irving, day. too, that they can – I mean, not that Cole Irving's good or anything, but they have yeah. – you know, they can stretch him back out. And so I, I'm not saying that these are better options than Wells by, by, by any but means. They have, but they have options. So That's kind of what I'm getting at, yeah. and I do think that – that's why it's like – and Wells was good, but he wasn't great. He was very a very strong back-end rotation type. 12s, he's he's a cut easy, way easier. 15s, I understand the apprehension, but if I had him, I'd be cutting him. But I'm also starting to get back into that more aggressive mindset after being too passive and being. I told you my issues. I'm just annoyed with how I handled certain things. They also have Bruce Zimmerman in the minors. Not again, not that he's good, but oh, they have uh, Drew Rom. They have Drew Rom. Drew Rom's was decent last year in the minors. I haven't looked at him this year, but just names that guys that I know that are on the forty man and available to pick to come up and throw innings for them if they need. So, yeah, with all that said, Wells for me is a drop pretty much across the board right now outside of your AL only leagues, which even then, if you need innings, you got to do what you got to do, you know? Yep. All right. There'll be much more talked about for the trade deadline and whatnot. We'll get you all caught up there in the coming days. But let's talk Fab Week 18, doing uh, 12 team OCs as usual, talk about the most added players, and it's getting to that time of the season where – I laughed even a couple of weeks ago. Some of these quote unquote big names not even getting picked up everywhere. So there are teams sleeping. There are teams like it's just it's that time of the year, especially in twelves. Mm-hmm. The most dead, added yeah, dead teams. I was say dead teams football. The mix of the yeah, two. It, it's it's getting comical now. Like, I think it was like Zach Geloff a couple of weeks ago was only added in like three quarters of the league. Like Soderstrom was yeah. added in like a quarter of the leagues. I'm like, if that was May, they were 100 percent rostered. Everywhere. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it's, just, it's slowly disappearing. And that goes to show you, like, everyone's saying the closers, we haven't had closers to, to target, and that's the main targets this week. Uh, the most added player was Gregory Santos in 148 leagues, as high as 87 bucks, as low as a dollar. Uh, Santos picked up the save in his first chance after the Kendall Graveman trade a couple days ago. Hasn't pitched since then because, well, the White Sox aren't good. So you got that going for you. But when it comes to Gregory Santos, how in were you on him? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. And that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? 
You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. I just wasn't. Not because I didn't believe in the skill set or the opportunity, because I'm, I, I've said, I just, if you needed saves, he was the guy. I just, those things were, I just, I can't even name another starter on this team outside of Cease right now, <laughs> like without, without looking it up anyway. And uh, so they already lack the pitching depth, like starting pitchers. They lack offense, especially if Tim Anderson actually gets moved, like is rumored, if they actually move off of, uh, if Grandall's out, if Berger's out, if these guys get shipped off, they're going to be bringing up guys, interesting names, but far, it's going to be like a, triple a team at this point and yep. i don't want the guy like how do i really trust jesse schultons that's yeah, the, jesse uh, schultz pitching today yeah. yeah do i really yeah. trust him i mean kopech's been awful tuki toussaint it's fun but yeah. no clevenger clevenger, clevenger? it's, oh, it's no, interesting no. sometimes but that's the thing i don't trust this team to get i don't trust the pitching outside of cease days to get deep enough and then the bullpen to be good enough to hold leads for where santos is gonna get a meaningful chunk of saves down the stretch so the amount of I, I kind of wanted to wait and see. Like I, I've been stashing, and this is why you should have been stashing if you could have before this run. Because yeah. although Santos is a solid name, and I think he is a solid get if you need saves, it's just one of those things where I don't know if I want to pay up for him on that. It's that it's the team. It's like a, I would expect uh, Carlos team Hernandez is important. I expect I expect Carlos Hernandez kind of would have been in the same price range had he been yeah. available, but he's been a very popular stash. Yeah. He was added in thirty eight leagues for as high as twenty three bucks. And he and I think I if you look at that team, the Royals are probably better than yeah. I don't have Carlos. I don't have and the other thing with Hernandez, he comes in in all kinds of situations. They just want because he's their best pitcher. Period. They just want him out there. So I I streamed him this week over Ginkle, and now Ginkle got a win. But Ginkle was also he also blew the save to get the win. Yeah, well, it was an unearned run. It was extra innings, but yes, it but it counts as a win on the same and good ratios in the process. But anyway, uh, it's one of those things where uh, Ginkle, you know, he was the closer until he wasn't up until about like five p.m. yesterday. So I made that swap. But one of the things where I expect. Hernandez to be the closer by the end of today, hopefully. If yeah. I, I, but that it's been it's been very quiet. I'd say it's, it's been rather. I expected more. It's the final two hours though, right? We had two more hours before relievers go like hotcakes these last two hours because yeah. they'll get the most in returns. We already saw with the Paul Seawall deal. Like these are the prime pieces. Um, yeah. So they're, they're gonna get. I like David Bednar's. You basically have to have certain teams like okay, we're not trading Bednar. Okay, now we'll move on to Carlos Hernandez. That's what that comes down to. Yeah, I'm hoping, and that's the thing. Carlos Hernandez, easily, and that's another thing. Like Santos, I think is safe. I don't. I think he's only 23. I don't think he's getting dealt. But like, there's a lot of these teams where, like Brooks Raley, and I'm sure we'll talk about him. But he's the guy that was heavily fabbed, even in at least in 15s. I'm looking at the main event stuff. He was the most added player, and I could see him being dealt before the end of the day. Like I could see the Mets being four men deep after the first. You know, they dealt the first three. So that's why it's like I'm afraid to. I was afraid to buy in on closers in general this week because I expect so much movement. I think Robert Suarez is probably one of the better ads, if because of all the hater rumors. I you love know? I love that call. I told Bloomfield that on Thursday night. I like the uh, Suarez concept. Uh, you just hit on Bailey's or uh, Rayleigh, so we'll pass on that. He's gotten two of the last three. He's gotten two saves his last three outings. He's the guy if he's there. That's kind of what it is. He's the guy if he's there. He's added 170 leagues as high as 71. Next up, and we, then I'll skip Giovanni Gallegos, 62 leagues, as high as 67. We already talked about him. So next up, though, is a guy that I know you and I talked about in our group chat and within the Discord as someone you've had trouble kind of buying into so far. 
And that is one Steven Matz, who was picked up in 69 leagues as high as $31. And since rejoining the rotation on July 9th, like sometimes guys just need a timeout. And he got a timeout, and he's been very effective. 1690 RA, 363 XFIP, five earned runs over 26 and two-thirds innings, 27 strikeouts. He only had two Ks in his last outing, but he has he's allowed one earned runner less in four of his five outings, Kerland. Uh, Matt's has been effective. Obviously, things can change. Is Steven Matt's? We all know where this roller coaster ride can go. But right now, he's been very, very good in a world like we talked about earlier in other shows. It is sometimes really, really, really difficult to find starting pitching out there right now. So, Steven Matt's, I, I grabbed him in places this past week for the two step. I think he's going to be a guy that sticks around for a bit. So, with anyone else, it doesn't matter with anybody. You don't have to believe in it to win with it. You know what I mean? You don't have it's to like say, Santa Claus. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is Santa Claus. We know he's not real, but you're gonna enjoy the Christmas the Christmas gifts he's bringing, right? But we need we need, we need more than one day of gifts, and he's been given that. He's been very giving of late. I appreciate that, but I don't I, I don't appreciate because I don't have him anywhere. But it was one of those things where it's like he came up against the White Sox, did really well across five point one innings, got crushed by the Nationals because the Nationals crush everyone randomly, especially. Especially lefties, so I guess and, that kind of makes sense. They just, they just don't strike out. But all. then, but then he uh, he faced the the Diamondbacks, who haven't been quite themselves the last few weeks, and then the Cubs twice. So it could be partially Matt's just better, but also paired with Matt's getting a really pretty favorable, I'd say, pretty favorable uh, schedule for now too. I've been I actually dug. It's funny because I looked at him today without knowing we were going to talk about him before he was on the outline, and I was just looking at, and I couldn't. There wasn't like there's like no real. There's been some uptick in below here and there, but not consistent. A small mix and pitch mix, but nothing that like stands out. So it's like I'm really having a hard time finding what has changed that has gotten him. Like I haven't dug, I haven't dug deep enough. Like I probably got to look at his. Uh, I could probably have to go look at his uh, like his pitch, location, where he's locating the pitches. Like where is he throwing them? Is he is it the arm slot different? Is he getting different looks? Is he is he is he um is he getting pitches? Is he just more um what's that word I'm looking for more uh, deception in his pitches. There's a lot, there's a lot of stuff you have to look into to try to find this stuff sometimes, or there's just no answer. He's just running hot. And that could easily be the answer. It's just aggravating. Cause I think we know Matt's can be good. has been good in the past. Is he finally, is he finally just putting it together? And maybe I'm just not believing in it because of one bad start to the year when really this could be closer to what we should expect rest of the season. Again, it doesn't matter if you believe in it or not, you should be writing this out regardless. And that's kind of goes back to our Taylor Walls conversation where I was right about him, even while being very wrong about him. If that makes yeah. sense. Remember, like I was, I told yeah. you this isn't real and yeah, it was enjoy and, it while you can. And it's come and, crashing down. Yes. But, but Paredes, he continues to overproduce, outproduce his metrics. And it's because he's just pulling everything in the air. He's just, he's yeah. going full, he's going full. Yeah. He's going full Bregman. I want to go well, same, same. Well, yeah. If you if you look at Arenado's home runs over the last like, same thing, yeah. it's it's what he does. He's, 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 he's the right-handed Didi Gregorius. Yeah, it's just one of those things where he's pulled. But the reason why it works for a Paredes type is because he makes so much contact because he has really good plate approach. So I think that allows his, that allows Paredes to kind of sell out for power without it being so detrimental to his overlying underlying uh, stats. That's a whole other discussion for another day. But my point being is that sometimes you can't find a reason to buy into something. It doesn't mean you shouldn't buy into it while it's producing we like brent rooker another guy that if you rode that great wave at the beginning of the year great but also know that if he starts sucking that's probably the time to drop him and that's kind of like people tend to over like hold on to these guys like oh i got the next breakout you gotta have to treat i think you still have to treat these months like you treat treat early months ride the hot wave and um be willing to cut bait the second and, and they hit, start scuffling hit that rip cord the second things get south <laughs> because <laughs> like, because you well especially now there is no time to like well let's see where this goes make it up yeah there is no time it this is the you have to be uh 
you have to be, I think, what is it? What are they called? What is a robot? I'm trying to think of what Phil calls it. Cutthroat Carl, I think is what he calls it. He goes full Cutthroat yep. Carl. Cutthroat and I'm like, Carl. yeah, it makes sense. Like, you got right now, you have to be, like, that's why I, I'm mad at myself for not being more Cutthroat. Wasn't Cutthroat Carl from Billy Madison, by the way? That's isn't probably that, where he got it. Isn't I, that I, Cutthroat I, Carl? Because like, I think Cutthroat Carl was the assistant that became Billy's fan while the other assistant went to fight Billy. That's just me going down a rabbit hole because I love the old school Adam Sandler movies, but that's another podcast for another day. Uh, spe- but uh, this kind of transitions for us, not Cutthroat Carl, Steven Matz, and a rough lefty pitcher. Can we buy into this Santa Claus thing? And that is Jose Quintana, uh, another guy. Uh, he picked up in 58 leagues as high as $34. He'll be widely available this week. So I think people are still not buying it yet. He returned from the IL, made his first two starts now for the Mets, given the Mets are going to be horrible. Actually, they're not trading hitting, so they still have offense. Um, the Met, uh, Quintana's thrown 11 innings, allowed four in runs, three walks, eight strikeouts, nothing dominating. It was the White Sox at the Yankees. Like, it's two earned runs in each start, so that doesn't crush you. 3-2-7 ERA. Quintana's kind of been a ratio dude the last couple of years. I'll give him that much. He actually has been decent in that. Strikeouts have been the concern. So you might actually trust him a little more than Steven Matz, to be totally honest here. But what's your thoughts on Quintana and compare can well what's your thoughts on Quintana? And then I got a comparison for you. Well, I and I did just do a quick look at uh Matz and even his underlying metrics suggest. Sorry, I know I'm going I'm going back on Matz real quick just because I'm curious. And yeah, he's been really good. And even his underlying metrics are actually really solid, like mid high threes. That's, what, that's why if you, so. if you look at just his last start since the last four or five stars, yeah. It's looked but it's that's a the different thing. pitcher almost. I think it, I but that's what's bothering me is because Matt, this is I think the Mats we're getting is the one you drafted in draft season hoping that he'd be, you know, kind of the same Mats mm-hmm. we've seen in the past. And I think I have a hard time accepting that he suddenly figured it out when I can't pinpoint the exact reasoning just yet. Well, so those things I think, were I think, again well, I think a lot of it is he got demoted to the bullpen. Literally, has that, that's a lot of extra time to sit back there and tinker with stuff and refine yourself. Yeah, plus I think the Cardinals just suck with uh maybe it was game calling, maybe it was uh maybe, maybe was, Ollie Marmol was too involved because that guy's a freaking moron. Maybe Contreras just isn't a good catcher like everybody That's was saying true as well. That's I'm just saying there's well. but my, my thing is is that I think that I got so caught up in Matt's being bad that I forgot that Matt's is still a he was a solid pitcher. He, he was an SP five and he's kind of pitching to that SP he's pitching better than SP five right now, but he's kind of like even if he falls back to what you expect, he would be an SP five for you, SP six type of guy. And I think that's fair to expect the rest of the season. So I shouldn't be so angry and so like unbelievable of Matt's. It's just one of those things where it's been so bad this year that, and there was a lot of hype, I guess, in the community for him that maybe it's one of those things where it's like, okay, he's finally panning out, but maybe he's always been due to be this guy, just hasn't been. Anyway, moving over Quintana. to Quintana. <laughs> Quintana's kind of like you mentioned, he's kind of that guy. He's not going to strike out much. He's not going to give you a whole lot of like help. Like he'll be okay with the ratios, keeps balling ground a decent amount, 45.7%. So I think that. He's going to be okay. He's going to be, he's more of a 15 team type, more of like that Kyle Gibson ish type of pitcher where I don't, maybe with, but even worse with the strikeouts, probably. He's just that guy. He's just, he's just a guy. He's, a, he's, that's, that's the only way to put him. Katana's going to, you shouldn't be plugging him in, saying him for getting him type. I mean, 4.62 Sierra. He's, he's kind of always outproduces Sierra. It's not always, but like he has at various times, even going back to last year. But, um, he's a guy that, He's gonna help you in ratios a little bit, get some wins maybe because the Mets don't have a terrible offense like you mentioned. But I was saying they they're not trading the offense, which is really Open's awful though. Yeah, yeah. So he's not gonna get you wins. It's just ratios and hope he runs into like maybe a K per inning if you're lucky. That's what if you're, you're lucky, or honestly, just take the ratio help with the occasional. Well, and, and look, and look at it. He gets added this week. So he gets at Kansas City on Tuesday, and then it's at Baltimore over the weekend, which is yeah tough. 
but and then you're not next, happy to start them, but, but you're but accepting here, here, it. <laughs> here's the here's the here's the kicker though. Here's the here's the frustrating one. If you added them this week, you're probably dropping them because he gets the Braves next weekend. So, <laughs> and and that's you kind of or, or you sit him. He's a bench streamer, like we talked about. But. And this is why, uh, by the way, this is exactly why I usually do. Um, why I oh, where did I go with this? Oh my god, my head hurts. I just I, I completely blanked. Out what I was gonna say, wow, that was bad. Holy crap, Bubba. That Some, was bad. Somehow Mike Curlin got lost for words, everybody. I just I went like I lost my own brain. I think it's because I was multitasking and I looked at my phone for a second and my that's why I get for that's why I get for doing yeah, that. Wait, 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 wait. There's that ADD, folks. At, at, the, <laughs> at the end of, at the end of the day, it's a fleeting <laughs> thought. Um at the end of the day, though, it's uh it's Quintana's just a guy. You you kind of you he's 15 team relevant, not 12. And he, uh, the Kyle Gibson comp comes to mind because I always thought of Kyle Gibson as a guy like you're getting him in there. He's not going to kill your ratios, a potential for a win. You prefer the two start weeks and you're bench streaming him at best right now in 15s. But in 12s, it's hard to imagine you picking him up for any reason other than if you're desperate. But even then, how I can't imagine a 12 team or deep enough to where you're getting Quintana and hoping that he's like going to he's not going to save your season. He's a guy that he's more of like your roster stabilizer towards the end of the year. Now you need innings. You need a safe safety option he's kind of that guy that's what that's how i view Quintana. he's not gonna be a difference maker for you though last one i want to ask about there's because a lot of these move now it's like guys we talked about a million times and this that and the other but the curious case here brady singer picked up in 46 leagues as high as 23 dollars um he's given up two earned runs in each of his last two starts striking out 19 overall there's been a documented pitch mix change in what he's doing over the last couple of starts, which gets, you know, I saw Mike's face on the t- on the screen. We we all talk about it in the industry. When you see a pitch mix change, it kind of gets your ears perked up. And you're like, okay, I'm interested. Like, we're, now we're in. Did you buy back in on Brady Singer this week? Well, he wasn't really available anywhere. But I, I think, um, for at least, again, for deeper formats. And that's this is where I, in 12s, I understood waiting this long. But it's, it would have sucked to miss those last two starts because – but he has incorporated the changeup about 10% more of the time, like give or take, you know, a little bit less, a little bit more per start, but having another pitch, I believe he's throwing it against lefties, which helps because he was lacking that option against lefties. I'll double check that real quick. But at the end of the day, you have, you mentioned it two run runs or less last two starts at 54.2. And this is, I'm going back to the last four starts overall for singer that since this changeup been incorporated more a 54.2% ground ball rate, a 21% K minus walk rate, which again, very strong numbers. The 5.52 ERA, it's not fair because that's just the ERA. I understand that's the production we're getting, but we're talking about a low threes, FIP and XFIP, and a low three Sierra, which, again, all the underlying indicators suggesting that he's pretty much two runs better than he's been over those four starts. But he also had – this comes with a 386 BABIP and a 66% strand rate. League average being about 72-ish, I believe, percent on the strand rate, and the BABIP obviously just being inflated like it is. But having a changeup, having that new pitch or that third pitch to lean on, even if it's 10% of the time, it's still something. And he is throwing it strictly to lefties, basically. He's throwing it twice to righties, and he's thrown 116 times to lefties. So that's kind of what he's needed because I, I honestly should go back and look at how lefties are hitting him on the other pitches because if, if you break it down, you maybe you'll see the individual pitch use per handedness, and then from there you'd see how the handedness attacked certain pitches. I, I think I was listening to Eno talk about how lefties – can hit sweepers better probably because of release point and where it's coming from. So they get that, that type of view on it. That so if his slide, so, so it makes sense, right? So if he, yeah. so say, so say Springer was throwing sliders more to lefties cause he was throwing it, you know, he was throwing them. He was pretty much a sinker slider. Say the slider was getting hit easier against lefties cause they could see it better. So now he's swapped the sinker slider usage for heavier changeup usage against lefties. And it's actually working just stuff like that. Like, I would take, it would take a way longer dive than I can do while I'm talking on this podcast, but just that's where my head goes. And that's how I know I've, really advanced as a as a 
as it makes me feel good about my analysis because that's where my head goes where i, I gotta go look into that stuff now so yeah. stuff like that to, just it'll, be, me... it'll be fun to see your youtube video short on that one because i yeah, can right? see your, your wheels so churning now. on that one. well I, I did the i actually forgot to make this youtube short on just the these just the stuff i tweeted the other day because i usually take my yeah. tweets and put them in the youtube because it's easy uh just reusing the same content because i'm lazy but at the end of the day though um having that third pitch even if it's 10 percent of the time it's still a third pitch players have to prep huge, more for senior difference and um i think he can build on that if he can improve in the offseason that'd be great maybe we were a year early on the full singer breakout because a lot of people were in on them but at the end of the day having that pitch seeing production change follow like you mentioned it's kind of makes it easier to buy into i don't know what to expect the rest of the season but it's gonna be fun to watch him somebody that you should be watching watching streaming while he's running hot and at the end of the day if he actually finishes out the season strong you're gonna see him on a, he's gonna be a very popular sleeper pick next year type yeah. of thing so brady singer is a guy that um, i like what i'm seeing but again it goes back to who cares if it works long term ride it while it's there want it for now we're all about <laughs> the now Speaking of now, who Jed and Fab this week? Let's recap our Fab and do a couple listener questions and head on out for the day. Okay, so who did I get this week? I'm trying to remember. Um, this week was very light. I ended up getting Marco Luciano $4 a three because why not? And then just I, I, it goes back to I was chasing upside at Millenfield. It was either him or Bryce Trang. I'm like, I know, and I love, you know me, I, I love Trang, but that was back when he was doing stuff. He hasn't really done much. The only thing with Trang is the playing time was guaranteed. I wanted to take a shot on upside. And again, this is about it's a weekly rental here. I, I, I took Luciano with the idea of I'm just renting him for a week, probably dropping him for another middle infield option that comes available. I'm playing matchups slash, um, hot hands and that's how i'm treating my middle field right now so anyway luciano was the guy i grabbed really cheap because he went for as high as 44 in the mains and four was like closer to the bottom i got a good price i'm always considered and um chasing upside and then my other ad this week was wow i dropped uh jesus sanchez and i was like and he's still like 90 something percent roster so it must have been a more surprising drop than many i guess maybe weren't considering i dropped who did i drop him for give me a second sorry oh dominic canzone and people are like who because uh he was he was he basically picked up playing time right before the trade deadline was batting yep. fifth playing against righties i was really into him i, I looked into him a little bit he's bar- like very small sample but barreling the ball really well hitting the ball hard kind of the combination you want while also having a 90 percent z contact which for reference again league average i'm trying to think of really average it doesn't matter because anything over like 90 percent or above is like considered pretty much elite in, in zone contact and Kenzone was giving that while barreling the ball well while hitting the ball hard so i was like cool he's showing off he's showing these skills you really want to see all together right is it a hot streak is it a small sample it's too it's too small of a sample to take anything meaningful away but the idea was playing time middle of the order paired with some interesting skills and then he gets traded and i lose a game already on monday that he should have probably been starting and although i think the trade for canzone ends up being kind of a neutral move like maybe he would have actually probably, probably gains now he's probably a guaranteed full-time playing time against righties whereas you know they saw out thomas uh mccarthy and Guriel, among others, like they were kind of, I think they were showcasing was the only reason why he even got the playing time, which makes sense now. But um, they had it was such a tight fit there that I think the leash was way shorter for Canzone there. I think now he can enter the Mariners lineup. They're expected to trade Teoscar, and now there's no reason why him, my boy Cade Marlowe, which I didn't add, which I wish I did because Marlowe is just fun name, fun guy to I like him a lot in the preseason. But um, yeah, I think those are guys that like can be difference makers or at least. Help, helpful in deeper formats get more more mostly regular playing time both are lefties so both can probably platoon at the end of the day but maybe the seattle says screw the platoons up let's let the young guys play it out because we're gonna rebuild and see what they can offer as full-time bats the rest of the season i mean they've traded pollock that was already one of their platoon bats they're, they're already gonna trade t oscar it sounds like so and t oscar is opening yeah. up full-time play appearances they already they already had tom murphy and cal rally playing together in lineups which you're dh'ing a catcher that shows you where your roster it shows you how you're 
And John, the other part of that trade, Josh Rojas becomes an interesting middle infield option too. Or if you're desperate, I think because Colt Wong has been awful and they've been, they've had what Caballero or whatever his name is uh, as well. They haven't really had a middle infield guy. I think Rojas goes right in there and has playing time again. So that's kind of like the unsung hero of that trade that people might have forgot about that. We've seen Rojas with playing time. He can hit for decent batting average and you could probably steal some bases on that team. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, my fab results. So this is where uh, 12s get fun because you're all going to get like, what? So I had a Brady Singer. Six to one, dropped Aaron Savali. The reasoning Ooh, behind the, the reasoning you, behind this one well, that, that I, was before the trade. That was yes, before the trade. Well, that's before the trade for one. And I've add dropped Savali a lot this year, and that's the beauty of twelves. Because I have my notes next to me when I did my fab. I needed strikeouts big time. Savali doesn't strike anybody out, just doesn't. And Springer all of a sudden is. So I was willing to take the chance in a twelve. There's there will also be the chance I'll be trying to re-add Aaron Savali this weekend. Um, I needed the buildup on strikeouts. This guy doesn't give a ton of strikeouts, but I just put a you know a small bit in. Ben Lively, two nice starts, uh, dropped AJ Puck three to nothing. Lively's been very serviceable of late. And then I dropped my boy Jonah Heim out of Luis Campusano for $1. No runner up bid. I, I, I'm so upset because I, I didn't need to go after him, but you know I would have been on him because I drafted him yeah. in my main. I haven't been, I, I wrote him up in the pre, I was so in on him. But I think we, I think it was one of our guys, we, uh, us at GT in general, were really in on at that price because he's doing now what we expected him to do at the beginning of the year. Got off to a rough start. Playing time is a question for whatever reason because the Padres are idiots, and then the injury. So, but hey, he's if he's he finishes strong, it's, it's his gig right now. If he finishes strong, he's going to be a top. He's going to be like he's going to be like next year, Sean Murphy, where he's probably going to go around tenth at catcher yeah. with a chance to be better. I hope he's not next year's Wilson Contreras or I think William Contreras because be we ne- got burned. I think he'll by be that. next year's Jonah Heim because people will still be focused on other people. I I'd be surprised. You think he'll be low enough? I'm just thinking. Like, I, I, know I think Heim, he'll be like I think he'll be like the 14th or 15th catcher off the boards. But oh, I'll, I'll have him ranked higher. I, I just like for instance, like I, 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 now I'm just going off on a tangent because I just love. Cam, uh, uh, Campusano, I, I love him so much. I don't know his name, right? <laughs> Campusano is just one of those guys where like the power's there, the playing time's there. We see how the Padres treat catchers. You're gonna, he's gonna be. That's why I say I say next year, Sean Murphy, because I think he should be ranked right around that fringe top ten. Because I'm off the top of my head, you have Jonah Heim ahead of him, assuming that the wrist injury doesn't linger into the next offseason. You have Sean Murphy, obviously. You have Francisco Alvarez, JTR, and. That's I'm trying. I'm sure there's a few more. Oh, Will Smith, and then it starts getting kind of in that territory. Of why wouldn't Campisano fit right no, in? There? I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying kind of. I'm the sure way there's a name. I'm, drafted. There's, there's a name I'm forgetting. I'm sure because well, you have to remember, Varsha loses uh, eligibility. Henry yeah. Davis loses eligibility. Danny, Danny Jansen will still get love. People love Danny Jansen. Jansen, see, but I just don't trust. Uh, yeah, after after Kirk, Kirk, see, Kirk might be the afterthought. We'll see how Kirk finishes. Yeah, he's, but, he's yeah, he's hitting a good right now too. We'll see because um, that's gonna be interesting. Anyway, sorry as you were. In, I just in, I, I in just my, wanted. Uh, yeah. In my OC two, I added Mike Mustakis, dropped Owen Miller so as a third grade third base upgrade. Again, this is gonna get interesting because these are all before the trades, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, six to zero. Uh, Randall and I, I, I bid it, I bid high on these leagues because I have more money than most people. So I want to make sure I got these players. Yeah, get your on. guy. Um, just so people understand, like there's a reason I'm up here. I uh, added Randall Grichik, dropped Shane Bieber, um, four to zero. Added Brady Singer, dropped AJ Puck, four to one in that league. In my other OC, I added Jose Quintana, dropped Miles Miklas, one to zero. Added Ben Lively, dropped Logan Allen, one to zero. I just wanted the two two steps because I need to accumulate everything in that league. I need all the pitching help I can. So it's literally it's going to be string. I'm punting ratios given those two guys have actually given good ratios lately, and I'm looking for anything else I can get my hands on at the position. And uh, yeah, that should do it because nobody cares about my other <laughs> leagues. They just want those ones. All right, let's talk a couple listener questions and then head on out for the week. It's great to have Mike Curlin back on the show, everybody. Um, Joe G. 
he asks, any of these bats stand out to add in deep mixed roto? Matt Walner, Adam Duvall, Kepler, Brent Rooker, Luke Rayleigh, Jose Siri, Dom Canzone. Uh, deep mixed roto, who do you prefer out of that group? Wow, I'd have to honestly, I, that's a lot of names to look into. I know the uh, well, for me, it's Kepler out the gate because he should be available in non deep leagues, but yeah, he's a, Kepler, these are all streaming bats to be honest. Kepler's been he's been rock solid. I think you go with Kepler right now while he's running, you know, how Kepler could run hot right now. He's hitting 326, two home runs, 10 runs, six RBIs over the last 14 days. So that's a guy that's like you want to have him there. Obviously, I'm biased towards Canzone, but I think Canzone's very much a wait and see guy out of those names, and I'm saying that with obviously with the bias of I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, but he's a guy that he's more on your watch list out of those names. And then, um, Walner, series, always interesting series, always like one strong run away from being like a really like a rock star for two weeks. It's how he is. Siri just runs kind of like that. Um, right now he's hitting 250 with two home runs uh, over the last 10 days as well. So it's kind of like pick your poison. I think Kepler is the safest for playing time for power. If you want a little bit of speed upside, Siri, although hasn't stolen bases lately can, so you can kind of go that route if you're chasing speed. But um, a lot of his need based. But if you're looking for playing time and production, Kepler kind of Kepler checks both those dude. boxes right now. Yep, I'm 100 with that one. Uh, Ryan Bloomfield asked, "How did Curlin convince Trader Jerry to trade for Dominic Canzion? Um, That's just a tongue in cheek one, of course. Little Book of Calm says, "Process wise, how do you find or even stream stolen bases on the wire? Is it as simple as sorting the wire by stolen bases over the last 14 days and crossing your fingers, or do you incorporate time to first, time to first, sprint speed data, etc.?" Uh, and scout upcoming said schedules. You want to go first on this one? Um, I, I I know there's some guys that go super deep into the schedules and everything. And like I I have my ideas, but to me it's like in this era of everybody running schedules is a little less as it used to be. It's still valuable. Don't get me wrong, but for me it's a lot of um, I'm looking at guys that just a steal a ton to begin with, uh, prospects that come up and steal a ton to begin with, and then have the playing time. So they're getting on base, they're doing their thing. So a lot of it to me is, um, A, I'm fortunate I don't have to stream steals because I'm crushing steals as it begins with, so I haven't had to really worry about that. But it's like, you know, for instance, like when Samad Taylor comes up for – or like Mikel Garcia comes up for the Royals. He's the Royals guys where you know they run a ton of the minors, and you know this team likes to run a ton. Well, they become a little more valuable for you. But you still need the playing time, and that's why like a guy like Samad Taylor is really only for the deepest of leagues because he's not playing enough to get that uh, luxury. Um, you got your guys like Alec Thomas and stuff. Well, yes, we know they run. Go grab him. Go. That's kind of how I look at it. There's probably a much more scientific and better approach to it. But uh, this is the caveman in me where I just kind of look at the situations, the talent, and I roll with that. So how do you approach steals? So it's not too different. I actually like to keep it simple on this type of stuff. Uh, first off, you mentioned it. Who's available? Let's start with like, like who's there? Is Travis Jankowski there? And if you go look at what he's been doing, he's still like he's one to like two. Crazy. He's running like, and but the thing is, is it's not only is it is it a skill set. I don't care how slow or fast you are. Freddie Freeman's not fast. He's stealing bases crazy. It's yep. a skill set for some people. You have guys like Ketel Marte for years who's always been fast and never stole bases. Speed is honestly, I can't say it's meaningless, but it's one of those things where it's hey, honestly trust me, my whole life I've said it's overrated. Yeah, well, the dr- the drug or or because of other reasons, because speed the drug can actually be helpful, I'm sure. But that's, <laughs> we're talking. Okay, uh, way to go, way to get me off tangent, right? Off topic. You you did this time was your fault because I like drugs. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh. So anyway, so back to what I was thinking was obviously is it a skill set? 
can they do it? Is it how aggressive is the team? Is the team like the Rockies who don't really run a lot, or is the team or the Twins that don't really run a lot outside of Willie Castro, which is weird? But um, like you gotta go look at team and get the idea of what the team likes to do. Well, the team is the team gonna be very favorable towards running, and if so, how aggressive are they? And then you can kind of like, all right, cool. So this team so it checks the boxes. Okay, this team doesn't mind running or likes to run. This player has a path to playing time. They have decent on base skills. They don't have to be good. They just have to get on base, right? But obviously, you want them hitting higher in the lineup because the higher in the lineup they hit, the more likely they are to run or the more opportunities they have to run, assuming that they get on base more. But it's a matter of it's just kind of keep it simple. Let's look at schedules. Okay, cool. And if you really want to get into it, I like to look at opposing teams, but not so much the pitchers as much as the catchers. Like you just, you can kind of get an idea of like, you know, that, you know, the Guardians can't really stop people from running. So if you have a guy like, like Jankowski, who was readily available and is readily available still in shallower formats. He's batting second for the Rangers. He has, he's, he's been getting on base. He's been hitting well overall. And we know Jankowski can run. So he's kind of checking all the boxes and the Rangers don't mind running. So right there is a guy that's like a perfect streamer. Now he's not available in a lot of leagues. I'm trying to think of like a deeper league guy, but you mentioned prospects. You can see if it's a skill set of theirs. And, um, but yeah, it's really simple. Like I just, I'll look at oncoming schedules, try to get as many games played as possible pair. And if you're lucky enough to pair games played, and playing time and and all that with bad catchers that's just kind of a chair on top i could care less about the catchers at this point i want a guy who has the path of playing time i want a guy who has the skill set to do so and a guy that um and kind of pair those two first and kind of let the rest fall in place because at the end of the day you don't want to chase a guy like the draw the, the days of where draw dyson they don't really have those pinch runners they, they exist but they're not like they used to be where you can get draw dyson who might start one game a week but still you three or four bases just because he's pinch running every other night yeah. that type of thing isn't there and that's honestly not the best way to approach it anyway because you just never know when these guys are going to be utilized but i don't know i think it's you keep it simple first and then you get more in depth i think you need to get more in depth the deeper you go into the format so if it's a really deep format then you kind of have to be really in depth because then you have to get the guy who might get the chip in steal for that week but that's that's beyond what i'm willing to do for saves right now yeah uh, i'm 100 on board with that so yeah i i always approach the kiss method in life as most often as i can but you know some some situations obviously deserve a lot more in-depth stuff but when i'm just streaming stuff it's pretty much keep it as simple as you can that's the way i look at it and we'll see sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't that's fantasy baseball in a nutshell folks and that'll wrap up another episode of bench with bubba so curlin as always thanks for joining me uh hopefully we can make this work again in the next week or two but uh, any final thoughts I believe I'm available both days that you usually are for the show next week. So we should be good, at least for one more week. Um, Final thoughts. I have one more article for the athletic for the year. And then the rest of the, obviously I'm working on, I'm already starting the write-ups for the GT stuff because I still do the Savant stuff. All the news I've been trying to keep track and like posting in in the same format to make it really easy for people to follow. So you've been keeping up with all the injury news, all the trade stuff. I've been putting it in the Patreon write-ups as well. And then, um, but the rest of the season, we're still going to do the Savant recaps until the very last day and line up stuff. Up until the very last probably period, I don't see the point in doing it beyond yeah, that. But then after come, lock, yeah. Well, once the playoffs start, I actually like to look at the playoffs content too, it and do the, help, yeah. I do the same playoff content because what I'd like to do is I take the same playoff information and I monitor what the team does from like a uh, signing and trade stuff in the offseason and then compare like, okay, well, this guy the last three weeks and into the playoffs did this, batted here, and then we can expect them to kind of start off there in the year. And so there could be some give and take there. So I, I do like to keep it going into the playoffs for the Patreon. And then we have a whole, and then we jump. I, I usually don't take too much of a break, maybe a week or two from like, because, but I get, I get bored. I start doing my player analysis really quick because I'm in such a habit of doing it. Sure. I take a few weeks off like anyone else does, but like not, like every day for a few weeks it's like two days off all right cool i'm looking at like 10 players today and do write up so like anyway i'm the final thoughts are never final with me they're always going no 
No, no, they're not. <laughs> uh, well, that'll do it, folks. Make sure you follow Mike on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. You get all the goodies there. You can find me on Twitter at BDNTRIC. We'll be back with you guys next week to recap Fab. Probably talk a little more playing time situations. We get the full fallout. It's like Oppenheimer around here with the trade deadline and much, much more. But this was Benched with Bubba, episode 599, week 18, Fab Recap. Catch you all next time. to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.